know, however, in spite of this nature, the lower nature of man, to mitigate that, God has given us what to call the law of the spirit of life. Everyone said the law of the spirit of life. He has given us the law of the spirit of life. Many times we don't pay attention to that law of the spirit of life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, we all know this scripture in church, and I want us to read it with me. Romans chapter 8 from verse 1. There is now there is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is now there is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law, verse 2, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There is what you call the law of the spirit of life. Now Jesus himself told us what that law is in John 6, 63. He says, uh, it is the spirit that quickened. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Church, can you connect John 6, 63 to Romans 8, 2? Can I read those two scriptures and I want us to follow me one more time. It says in verse 63 of John chapter 6, it says it is the spirit that quickened. The, the flesh profited nothing. It says the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life. Romans 8.2 For the law of the spirit of life. Paul gave us a dose, a big dose of it. He said, but as a law of the spirit of life. He calls it a law. Please, church, I want us to pay attention. When he says a law, it means it's something you have to read. Amen? It is a law. It's something you have to familiar yourself with. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He went further in Romans chapter 12. And I want to read it. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies holy. Is that not what it says? And acceptable unto God. Which is your, which, um, let me read it. I don't want to misquote God's word. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It says in verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The question is, how can my mind be renewed? But how? By the impact of the law of life. By the law of liberty. By the law of God. Glory to God. Can we turn to James chapter 1 with me if you don't mind? I'm going to move quickly. James chapter 1, if you don't mind. From verse 22. James chapter 1 from verse 22. It says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. I want us to see what happens if you're just a hearer and not a doer of the word. James chapter 1 and verse 22. It says, 
be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So what is the scripture saying? The scripture is saying if you're hearing and not doing, it says you're deceiving yourself. John, please hear me. The worst kind of deception is when you think you are what you are not. I'm going to repeat myself. The worst kind of deception is when a man thinks he's what he's not. There is a self-deceit going on. It's the worst deceit because you can begin to believe your own lie about yourself. James doubled down in verse 23. He says, For even a the error of the word and not a doer, it's like a man beholding his face in a glass. For behold, he beholded himself and goes away, and straight away he forget what manner of man he was. And then he concluded by saying, But whosoever will so look at into the perfect law of liberty, so that it's a perfect law. I've been speaking about this law over and over again. There is a law of sin and death, but there is a law of liberty. There is a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Church, I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to compress this together. The closer you are to the law of liberty and the law of the spirit of life, the farther you are from the law of sin and death. The farther you are from the law of liberty and the law of the spirit of life, the closer you are to the law of sin and death. It's both ways. There are two laws governing the world. The law of liberty and the law of sin and death. Therefore, as a believer, my primary responsibility is to stay connected to the law of liberty. I have no choice because that is the only way my victory is assured. That is the only way my victory is established. So I want us to say after me, if you don't mind this morning, the primary goal of the word, of the word of God, is to bring liberty to the inner man, the soul and the mind. The primary goal of the word of God is to bring us liberty. I get every other reason why we read the Bible, but if real closeness and familiarity with the word of God is not bringing you liberty, something is wrong. By the way, there is no way to live right without familiarizing yourself with the truth and knowing what the Lord is saying. The book of Psalms says this, chapter 119, Psalms chapter 119, starting from verse 9. It says, Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto, according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy words have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It says, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Glory to God. When Jesus began to teach, the first message of Jesus after he came out of the wilderness, he said these words. I'll just read a couple of them in the book of Matthew chapter 5. He says, The Bible says, And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in the spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. 
Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Jesus continued. And Jesus kept using the word blessed are they. If you, if you, if you take close attention, pay close attention to all that Jesus said, there is no way a man can be blessed without the revelation of what Jesus was teaching. He's saying, a man who has revelation of all these is blessed. Revelation of what? He understands, blessed are the peacemakers. As a believer, you are a peacemaker because you know your role as a believer. And the Bible says in Psalm chapter number 1 from verse 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful, but is delight. Church, who is, who is this man? This man is blessed. Who is this man? What made this man? What brought this man to the point of blessing? What is it that brought this man to the place of blessing? He says, his delight. Ever say delight. His joy. His excitement. His desire. His enthusiasm is where? His delight is in the law of the law. And in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He shall bring forth his fruit in a season. And his leaf also shall not wither. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Glory to God. Anybody know what, who knows what I'm talking about this morning? That there is something about the mercy and the grace of God that we need to understand that flows from his word. That flows from the manner of life. That flows from his divine counsel. When you begin to read and begin to familiarize yourself with the truth, I'm going to challenge everyone in church today. Don't ever go into a day without getting yourself soaked up in the word of God. And I'm not talking about what your personal, your personal ambition, none of those. You, you, you're approaching the word of God with a sense of readiness to receive from the Lord. To receive instruction, to receive direction, to receive correction. And when you come to the world, I don't know about you, you will find out when you get into his word, God does not pat us at the back. Anybody in the house? We pat men at the back, right? We don't want to offend men. The Lord doesn't do that because he loves us so much. A child that the father loves, what does the Bible say? He corrects so that he will be a better person. Now, the chastisement, the chastisement of the Lord is not to hurt you. No. There are people when God's word touches them, they get, they get angry and get offended. No, that's not the purpose of the word. The word is to get you to the place where you have divine understanding. Thank you. Appreciate it, God. Glory to God. When the church was born in the book of Acts of the Apostle, the first thing that the disciples who have been with Jesus did, which they understood the ways of Jesus, you know the first thing they did? I'll tell us what they did. The first thing they did as the people assembled together, it was not a social gathering. No. The first thing they did was to bring the people together and began to teach them the truth. You know why? The liberty of the people can only be sustained if they are exposed to the truth. If you are not exposed to the truth, your salvation becomes a mental assertion. Not an experience. Salvation is an experience that continues. 
Glory to God. And so they expose the people to the truth. This is what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2. The Bible says in verse 42, and they continue, thank you my brother, they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. The word doctrine there is teaching. Glory to God. So the question this morning is, how do I apply myself to the code of conduct of this kingdom? What do I do? Glory to God. What do I do? Number one, I must accept the word as the guiding manual for life. I have to accept that. Amen? You have to accept the truth as the guiding manual for life. Now, what this means is that people's opinion, people's ideas, philosophies, and science does not matter. This book is superior to every human idea. So you get to that point in your life as a believer when this becomes your biggest companion. The word must become your biggest companion. Otherwise, you will not be able to maximize the fullness of your redemption. Because your redemptive, the redemptive revelation of God keeps you going, even in the vicissitudes of life. Because God is aware that life will come at you. Anybody that has the enemy this morning, life is going to come at you. But there is something that is going to sustain you. Through the thick and the thin. Through the valley and the mountain. And that is the authority of his word. I must accept. No wonder David said, Thy word have I kept in my heart that I may not sin against thee. It is not enough to have this book in your house. It is not enough to have it under your pillow like many people do. As a defensive mechanism which is rooted in sorcery. This scripture is not should be under your Bible. If you see anyone putting this in, under their Bible, under their pillow, that's sorcery. That's not scripture. That's not the gospel. The gospel is when you read it, you assimilate what is there and you keep it in your heart. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ears to my saying. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. My son, attend to my words. The word is the greatest guide. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will reveal the mind of God through his word to me. I know God speaks in various ways. Church, I want us to hear this. But everything that I hear, everything that I believe that I hear from anyone or from anywhere else, from dreams and visions, everything must be validated through the lens of the word of God. Anybody hear me? Everything must be validated through what? Through the lens of the word. Deception in any form is possible when we fail to match our experience with the word of God. I'm going to repeat myself. Deception is possible when we fail to match our experience with the word of God. Number two, I must dedicate my time to know what the Bible says, what the word says. I must dedicate my time. I use the word dedicate. It's a conscious, deliberate move to dedicate my time. Why? Because if I want to know what God is saying, all I need to do is to read this word. Because the word of God says, what God, the word of God says is what God is saying. You cannot separate God from his word. You cannot. 
Don't go around seeking the will of God where you can't find it because the will of God is here. This is what the scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved. Number three, not only should I take the word of God as the final authority in my life, not only should I spend time dedicating time to it. Number three, I need to learn how to meditate on the word. And I'm going to quote a man of God here. He's one of those old, old men, uh, you know, Charles Spurgeon. I love that man. If you read Charles Spurgeon's books, oh my goodness. Those were the fathers of faith. He says, when you meditate in the word, it's a time to visit with the Lord. I'm going to say one more time. This is the belief of Charles Spurgeon. Anytime you meditate, you're visiting the Lord. Your meditation is a visit to the Lord. Because when you meditate, the word becomes, you, you become part of the word and the word become part of you. You will never experience transformation or transforming power of the word until you begin a process of meditation. Never. When you meditate on the word of God, the word goes from the head knowledge into an experience. And folks, we need to experience the word of God. I was reading a scripture during the week, and I'm going to read it to us. Many of us know it. James, Jeremiah 15, in verse 16. It says, thy words were found. Please, if you have time, write it down. Jeremiah 15, 16. Jeremiah was saying to the Lord, your words were found, and I did hit them. Did you hear that? I found your words, and I did hit them. And thy words were unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I'm called by the name the Lord of hosts. He said, I found your word. I didn't read it. I didn't study it alone. I did what? I hate it. I hate your word. The scripture says in Psalm chapter number one, in verse two, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But what shall do what? But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And thou shalt observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And thou shalt have good success. That's the word. Number four. Read. Study. And more importantly, obey the word. Do not only get yourself the guidance from the word, don't only meditate on the word, begin to read, study, and obey what God says in his word. Because when it's all said and done, people's ideas and opinions and all of that will fail with time. The only thing that remains will be your obedience and your commitment to obeying what God has said. I must say this to us today, there is nothing as important as obedience. I can quote the scriptures like a pirate. You can do whatever you want. But if you fail in obeying what God says, you have failed it all. That's the, that is the real bridge. If the enemy is fighting anything in your life, he wouldn't fight you from hearing the word. He wouldn't fight you from going after the word. The Bible says, but he says, but the birds of this world will steal the, will steal the word from their heart. Will not want you to obey and entrench yourself in the truth. And finally on this, he said, don't only read the word, don't only meditate on the word. If you're a man of the spirit, preach the word. 
When I say preach, I don't mean you should go on the street alone. Preach the word by your lifestyle. Let the world see who you are. There is nothing wrong in going on the street and the Lord will help us. We need to engage in going on the street and telling people about Jesus. Because that's the primary role that we have. Jesus went from city to city. The disciples went from city to city. So there is a place for that. But there is also a place for remembering that we are the epistles that the world is reading. The scripture says the Lord sent the word unto Jacob and it had lighted upon Israel. Anytime the word gets into you, it comes with the light of God. Before we close this morning, which we will do in a moment, why do I need to get in the word? I just found out that we're living in such a treacherous time, it's so easy to be discouraged, it's so easy to be deceived, it's so easy to be disheartened. The only place of solace and strength that we have is in the world. I'm telling you right now, there is enough stuff to discourage you within the body of Christ. I'm not talking about the world now. There is enough stuff going on within the body of Christ that will discourage you. There is enough stuff going on within the body of Christ that will create a lot of deception for people. There is deception in the body of Christ. Maybe I should say it one more time. There is deception going on in the churches. It doesn't matter from whom it comes. If anything that anyone says does not line up with the word of God, spit it out. Did we hear me? It doesn't matter who says it. Because men are men at best. And men are liable to mistakes and deception themselves. How many times we've engaged and embraced things that many years after we found out it had no bearing in the word of God? Let me tell us one of those scriptures. And maybe, maybe I've mentioned it here before. God works in mysterious ways. He wants us to perform. Tell me which passage of the scripture it is. We embrace many things but are not rooted in the truth. We need to be determined in our hearts. If God says it, I believe it, and I will do it. Because that's what he wants. And you know what? Blessing proceeds from obedience. Blessings proceed from obedience. Number two, why do I need to study the word of God? I don't know about many of us have noticed this. Have you, have you experienced certain miraculous visitation in your life that you never prayed for and that you never, you, never, you never expected? It just came from nowhere. God breaking forth in your life without you asking, without you praying for it, without you expecting it. God just moved independently in your life. How many of us have experienced what I'm talking about? I call it an automation. It's called a, an, automate, an, an automation of the move of God. When God moved at the instance of revelation in your life. I've experienced, I know what I'm talking about. When we walk in the world, number three reason why it's important is that when you walk in the authority of the world, you get yourself to understand the voice of the enemy from the voice of God. I want us to say this one more time. I read this to us last Sunday. Do you know in Matthew chapter 4, the first it is written was by Jesus. It is written by shall not live by bread alone. You know what Satan did next? Satan came up with the next it is written. 
The Bible says, it said, Jesus, he took him to the pinnacle and said, cast yourself down, for, for it is written that he shall give his angels charge over thee that they will bear thee up in their hands. What the devil quoted was the truth. But the instance and the moment was wrong. Devil, Satan, the devil is a Confucianist. It will, it will take the word of God and bend it to his own advantage. And I'm saying this to, understand, to let us know that the devil knows that there is power in the word of God. That there is power in the truth. Do you know the devil knew that when God brought Adam into the garden, he gave him the word. He gave him a word to speak. And the enemy is still using words today. He uses them in the media. He uses them in the TV. He uses them everywhere. Because the devil knows that God has given the church one weapon that we all have. is the weapon of the word of God. Let me quickly take you to 1 Samuel chapter 17. That's my last scripture. 1 Samuel 17. I want us to hear this with me, please. In verse 43. The Bible says, Psalm 1 Samuel chapter 17 in verse 43. And the Philistines said unto them, what was the Philistines said? What was he saying? They were to fight in a battle. Why didn't you just come out and fight? No, because the Philistines knew the power of the word. The Bible says, because you see, through words you can intimidate. Through words you can discern. Anybody in the house know what I'm talking about? Okay, let me take you through physical how many of us, okay, we don't like sports, but how many of us know boxing? How many of us, me, how many of us remember I was sting like a bee? How many of us remember the man? Muhammad Ali. Now, what he did for the most part when they asked him was to psychologically defeat his opponent ever before they get into the ring. You think the devil is not aware that one of the things he can do is to psychologically defeat many of us as believers before we even get into warfare. That's what he does. The Philistines said, this is what he said, Am I a dog that thou come with me with staves? He saw what was in David's hand. Because the staff in your hand can only kill a dog. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. I love David. Please read with me verse 44. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the hair, and to the beasts of the field. Please listen. If you are the one that's about to find this man, he's nine, he's seven feet tall, no, nine feet, seven inch tall. And he's telling you these words, what happens to us naturally? You become intimidated. Is that not true? And these things are happening to us daily and we don't even realize it. But then said David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword. You said I came with a staff, but you came with me with a sword and a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. Whom thou hast defied. Let's hear it more from David. This day, ever said this day. This day will I deliver thee into my hand. Oh, sorry. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hands. I want us to keep reading this. And I will smite thee. 
and take the head from thee. And I will give thee to the cac the, thy carcasses to the host of the Philistines. This day unto the fowls of the hair, and unto the white beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and it will give you into my hands. Hallelujah to God the Lord this morning. David knew his place and the authority that was in the world. I want us to go home today with this assurance of faith in our spirit. There is a code of conduct. Sir, it is not only to maintain character and behavior, but it is the bulwark, it is the strength, it is the, it's the fortress that we have. The word is a fortress to those who believe. The word is a fortress for those who believe. We have no trust in the hands of flesh. We have no trust in horses and in chariots. Our trust is in the name of the Lord of hosts. As we go into this week, this is the counsel of God for our community. Shall we rise to pray together? Church shall begin to speak to the Lord.